Screenless. Hello and welcome to another episode of Creative Cuppa. I'm Gareth Davis, a composer for TV and an audio producer for more. And on this show, I chat with people working in the many amazing creative industries. Every day is a school day on this podcast and uh, I've learned a lot from my guests and I hope you have too. Uh, My guest today, Tim Muddyman, talks about controlled expressionism in art. I looked up controlled expressionism when I was doing my prep couldn't find anything. So I thought it would be useful before we get going with Tim to at least look up what expressionism is in art. On the Britannica Encyclopedia website it says this, expressionism, artistic style in which the artist seeks to depict not objective reality but rather the subjective emotions and responses that objects and events arouse within a person. Let's remember that at least and then Tim can explain the controlled bit. The other thing about Tim is that he's not just a painter. I've seen Tim live with his band in the East End of London. I also know that Tim was, up until recently, a long-standing member of the band of a big, big star. Such good tunes all round. Intrigued? Got a cuppa? Let's dive in. Tim Muddyman, artist. Welcome to Creative Cuppa. Hello, Gareth. How are you? I'm very well. Looking at your, this is your studio behind This is behind my, you there? where I paint, yeah, paint in this room. It's cold up here. It's getting cold. I'm right on the third floor of the old infirmary in Northampton. It's an incredible attic, and I've just taken on the lease of the floor below me as well. Um, oh, yes. But I saw a, that on the, your old social media. Yeah, it's a really good spot. Um, this is where I paint at the moment. I've got a couple of meetings later this afternoon about maybe shifting a few things around, having another artist working here with me, and I'm going to migrate downstairs and create a gallery and all sorts of things. But this is this is my painting room at the moment, and it's, it's cool. It's, I'm right up high in the sky. I'm looking at a church out these windows here. It's, it's, it's a great spot. Oh, it's inspiring. It is. Oh, that's, is that a church joke? inspiring uh, but yeah, yeah, I, I suppose it is. did a funny did a funny anyway tim look i've been looking forward to welcoming you as a guest on this podcast because of your journey i love chatting with all my guests but in particular those who've started in one creative field and ended up in another that's fascinating to me and we'll come on to that journey but i wanted to start with where you are now yeah and your website says with disciplines in structure and controlled expressionism his style has been described as hard-edged, abstract, and contemporary. So yeah. my first question is about that. What is or what do you consider to be controlled expressionism? And how would you describe your art to someone who might not have experienced it yet? Well, controlled expressionism, the reason I wrote that in my um, biography is because I love abstract expressionism, like Picasso, Jackson Pollock, to go extreme, you know, real so to me, I'm, I'm expressing, I really am expressing and I'm expressing very quickly my, my ideas. The drawings are very, very quick in the way that a painter, that an abstract expressionist would be very painterly, you know, very, you know, but I'm yeah. thinking, premeditating it, thinking it very, very quickly, getting the idea down. And then I have to control that expression. I have to want everything up to date. I want everything to be as neat as possible and as precise and, very mathematical, geometric. What's progressed out of that controlled expressionism is a term that I'm 
I'm starting to use to to um, explain my work of geometrical swing, where it's a geometrical ma- they're all geometrical mathematical um, two point three point or my own made up point perspective drawings, and the swing really is just like music really, where I'm not actually sticking to one formula. I am allowing myself, giving myself as much freedom to swing around and move around in a geometrical kind of style. So even though my work isn't strictly geometrical in fact it's not geometrical at all where where the vast vast majority of pieces don't repeat within the one image but they are all mathematical a lot like music yeah so that's why you know the transition between music to painting is very similar because i'm using the same disciplines of how i naturally think about music which is quite mathematical so yeah uh, so so you're kind of using the same part of your brain for for both things absolutely yeah which is maybe the wrong oh, i don't know uh, no is there a wrong in creativity i'm not, I'm not no. entirely sure there is is there you, your website also describes your art and i quote the narrative is a fictitious aftermath of social failure and my imagined rebuilding of modern society yeah that's quite deep stuff so in your art you're rebuilding society what do you consider to be some of society's failures and what are some of the ways in which your ideal society would operate? I despise advertising. I find it the most grossly disgusting thing on the landscape. I think it's spent a lot of time in Los Angeles and actually been thoroughly depressed where you can't admire the scenery or the architecture or the roads or the landscape without a huge billboard shoving you in your face what to watch on television, what beer to drink, whatever, you know, just telling you what to do. I didn't watch television for 20 years, and I mean strictly, I just couldn't abide it. I could not abide having anything shoving me down a path of what I should buy and what I should do and how I should be a consumer in society. So I still find that, and I I actually have always observed that wherever I go in the town that I live in, in the country or in the world, I find... um, I find, you know, consumerism, capitalism is, is, is so destructive to lots of things. And for the pleasure of just being alive, walking down the street and being happy and communicating with people and communities functioning correctly, I think greed is, you know, in every society, whether it's a poverty society or an extremely affluent, greed is rife in everything. And I think consumerism, capitalism feeds that and, and encourages that. And I find it disgusting. I absolutely hate it. So my imagination, my retuning, failure of society, which we will, it will fail. It, it, you know, if capitalism continues, it, is, it will fail. It fails continually. It reinvents itself. This is my reinvention. And, you know, I'm not going massively deep into it. I'm decorating. I mentioned decoration because that is what I'm doing. Mm. I'm de- redecorating it. And I'm redesigning it and I'm doing it for fun and I'm doing it for the absolute pleasure of it and the artistic pleasure. Yeah. So is it to an extent, you know, if you were in LA, what you'd like to see walking down the street rather than having things thrust in your way? Absolutely. I mean, there's a few paintings on there that I, I went to Coventry a little while ago, six in the morning, took a lot of pictures of, of some of the bridges architecture there. And it's a fascinating city. It really, really is architecturally fascinating how these 50s, 60s, 70s, brutal architectural buildings were next to chapels and shops and subway sandwich shops. You know what I mean? It's, it, to me, it just looks wrong. But it also, but there's also, if you look, snapshot, it, it's amazing. Get rid of the stuff you don't want to see. 
It's a really, really interesting place to go still now. How just it, to me it just looks weird. Yeah. I was in central London the other day and I had a very similar thought in, in that you're standing in both the past and the future at the same time. Yeah. Uh, and looking around and seeing all these big, shiny, high-rise tower things. And uh, yeah. and yet next to these beautiful old buildings and churches and banks and oh, really? whatever they are. Have you ever yeah. Perth in Australia? I have not, no. Yes, I've been a couple of times and I wish I'd thought about it more, but I remember it having quite an effect without me really thinking about it too much. But there are so many incredible modern buildings in Perth really obscure shapes like say the shard would just fit in and be like a well it's another uh, the gherkin in london let's be yeah. like another building down there in perth from what i remember um and that's an example of things of, of a modern it's a very modern looking city really really modern and you don't get any historical stuff because that's australia yeah i've been to melbourne many many years ago yeah, and I, I had that similar similar thing very creative place actually melbourne definitely yeah yeah, yeah. And so I mentioned about your journey. Uh, you were a long-standing member of Gary Newman's band. Uh, yeah. Was it after the last world tour that you decided you needed a creative change? Yeah, definitely. I mean, that, that was a long tour. During that tour, I met and married my wife, which was wow. which was awesome. And we had we, we've had a baby. So you know, there's a two-year-old baby. Fantastic! Congratulations. So that that's obviously a, quite a changing thing quite a big thing but emotionally spiritually the only simple way i can put it is it the time was right for me to step away from touring step away from music for a while because i've been mm. i've listened to music obsessively obsessively since i was like two three i was importing records at eight and nine and i've always have and for the first time in my life i've gone i just don't want to listen to music i don't want to be obsessed with it at the moment and yeah. obviously painting is just completely taking its place <laughs> and it's a matter of time until it, another version of this happens. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. You are a very creative person. It's, it's got to show its face somehow, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, that's brilliant. I noticed you had an exhibition a little while ago. Do you have any exhibitions or galleries where people can come along and experience your art up close? I just did one for Saatchi Presents, the other art firm's called in Brick Lane at the Truman Brewery. I did that last weekend. And that was a great experience, successful. Just working on a couple of commissions now that I got from there. Um, so I'm working on, as we speak, just before. Hey, hey. Um, That's exciting. Um, and, then, and then really, I'm not sure because, like I said, I've just taken on this floor below me, 68 square metres. It's good size. And I've got some people with some work. This guy coming in next week to talk to me about the floor. I think I'm going to open my own gallery. But I'm going to do it um, not open to the public, like a private viewing gallery. Maybe some of my friends that want to show stuff and do stuff so we can do things on live. But rather than do them in a virtual environment, do it in a real environment. So that's I'm kind of thinking of going down that route. I have started working with a gallery called Sebrough One in Hampstead. We briefly spoke a few weeks ago about maybe doing a solo exhibition next year. But I want to finish off this year doing as much work as I can, as well as moving house, which I'm in a couple of weeks. And then come January, I'm starting to think about whole new styles and new ways of going down, you know. So I'm just considering all that. So nothing is organised for an exhibition or anything for 2022, but there will be loads of opportunities. Yeah. 
need to show my work next year. It sounds like at the moment you are keeping it loose. Totally. And just embracing what comes along. Keeping it free, yeah. As soon as there's an exhibition booked, I'm tied in and then the chains are on again. This year I was supposed to exhibit in July and sadly that that couldn't happen. Uh, But but the whole of this year has been such an insane year because the first six months was all about that exhibition. So it was very... I couldn't show any new work. I wasn't interacting with people that I interact with online. And I really felt that. I missed that so much. I've got a great Facebook group where I communicate with hundreds of people on a regular basis. And I, because I wasn't putting anything up, all that sort of went. And I missed that part of the journey, this artistic journey. So I want to, you know, with having a gallery here, I can really get that Facebook group going a little bit. Yeah. Again, some that sounds brilliant. So where can listeners find out more about you and your work? My website is the best place. Um, you know, now I'm out of that, again, out of that six-month build-up and, and then the Saatchi thing, I'm now concentrating on, on making my website better. I know you work in many different things online. It's a brilliant, brilliant thing for a creative to have as their window into their world. So my website, which is www.timmuddyman.com, I will just keep evolving it all the time. I'm going to want to put more effort into my blog, maybe do a weekly blog, which I've been trying to do for the last two years. And I think it was six months till I wrote one the other day. Oh, I hear you. I hear you. But yeah, so that's the best place. Yeah, it is important though, isn't it? The website and online presence is the window that people look into. So it's important to make sure it's up to date and yeah. um, keeps evolving. Yeah. Uh, Fantastic. Tim, I will put those social links into the show notes for you. Uh, But for now, thank you ever so much for joining me for a cuppa. Until next time. (laughs) Until next time. Cheers. Thanks again to Tim for his time and a peek into his studio. A lovely, inspiring space. I like how Tim is trying his very best to remain as free as possible to lean into his art. He has a really refreshing attitude to creativity, letting it show itself in its truest sense for him. Go and follow Tim on the social media. Take a look at his art on his website. It's really great. It's colourful. It has pleasing lines. It feels neat and should give you a good feeling to be around it. All the links are in the show notes. Also in the show notes are links to this podcast socials. It's at ScreenersPod on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. So come and say hello and look around. By the way, Screenless is the audio brand for all sorts of original content I've been involved with. Just in case you're wondering, there's more you'll find than just this show. Ooh. Creative Cuppa also has a lovely sparkly new website where you can catch up with episodes, find links to your podcast app of choice, join the mailing list, all sorts. Come and get involved. And if you like this episode, please write a nice review wherever you can. Share posts on social media. Tell someone about it. That's how we grow. That's all for now. So until next time, dear listeners, stay kind, stay creative, and thanks for joining me for a cuppa. Mm-hmm.